Enzo, and I'm joined, as usual, as ever, by my good friend Bob on the Isle of Wight. Bob, how are we doing? Yeah, everything is good. And uh, yeah, just uh, I've just been uh, watching a little bit of the recycled footage there that ITV4 are putting on of the 2018 tour, because we haven't actually got the actual tour going on at the moment. So, you know, bit of bit of fun. I've been uh, started off kind of back on the old back on the bike, doing a little bit of commuting and then uh, kind of pretending that I'm riding in that 2018 tour. So, you know. Fun. I mean, I, I do have, I've got kind of quite a theory about the, eight, the the 2018 tour and about how, I mean, I should say kind of spoiler alert at this point, it was the one that Grant Thomas won. So, you know, just in case, uh, you know, you, you kind of, you've been able to sort of like shelter yourself from that to this point. There was a whole lot of kind of talk at the time is about, well, you know, who was, was it was going to be Chris Froome was going to be the number one choice for the team, whether it was G and I, I don't know. I've personally got a theory that it was always going to be him. And now you kind of watch it again with that sort of hindsight. I don't know. I, I think that that was their plan all the time. I think everybody was watching for like when Froome was going to go, when Froome was going to make that decisive, you know, kind of action. And it never happened. And w- while everybody was watching and waiting for Froome to do something, G was just riding away. So anyway, there you go. I don't know why I felt the urge to drop that in. Well, that, that's good. I mean, you know, people might have a different opinion, but it makes sense. You know, a little bit of a red herring thrown in there for the other teams. They they had whales on the backs of their jerseys, man. I mean, how much how much an obvious clue do you need? They're, they're <laughs> whales. Anyway, anyway, I've uh, so I've been doing a bit of riding, but I've not been. I've been lagging a long way behind your good self. And I've also been lagging a long way behind with your uh, fantastic photograph output for our Instagram feed as well. Well, I mean, don't worry, mate. Don't, 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 you know, it's not, it's not an embarrassment. It's all right. It's okay. <laughs> um, I've been quite lucky that um, I've, I've been able to go out most evenings as well as the weekends. But yeah, the last weekend we jumped on our mountain bikes. There was about four of us, I think. And we headed off to Stratford in London um, along, there's, um, along the river. So we didn't really have to go on any roads. It was all uh, towpath type, type scenario. And we went all the way to Stratford to the, uh, to the velodrome in the Olympic Park. And we took some uh, photos uh. under the Olympic rings, which I didn't know were still there. I thought they kind of took them down once the Olympics were over. They were still there. So people can um, have a look at the uh, our uh, Just Riding About Instagram account. And the photo came out quite well. We were very pleased with it. The photograph looks great. You look like some sort of weird electro-pop band. Well, this is exactly what we said. We thought we looked like some sort of cycle boy band. Um, <laughs> but just as well, our faces kind of were a bit... Hold on a second. I didn't say boy band. <laughs> what do you mean? We're all 18, 19. <laughs> no, of course, we're not 18, 19. But um, yeah, so that, that was quite... A, a, it was a lovely ride into London. You know, nice and safe, which is... Is always a always a bonus and um yeah we went to went to the to the velodrome you can i mean it's all closed which is a bit of a shame at the moment but something i haven't mentioned bob which uh, yes. is, is really exciting today this is a bit of a special not a top gear special but a just riding about special we've got a, a guest you know with a- now just you wait a second there <laughs> before we get onto the guests be, 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 before we get onto it, who, who's simply waiting in the wings i've got a quiz for you Enzo, would you like to play a quiz? Say yes, Bob. Come on in, Bob. Let's play a quiz. Fantastic. Now, the quiz is called Beat the Bonk. You've been here once already, and it must be said, so far, you've done badly. You know, there you so go. So the only so way far, is up then, so I'm, all, I'm, I'm, I'm ready, mate. I'm poised. 
exactly. So far, you're zero for one. But don't worry, this is where you can turn that around. Okay, you can, go on You then. can stop the rot before it even kind of starts to kick in. So, beat the bonk. There you are. You're out on a long ride. You're starting to tire. And you've got about an hour left on the bike. You've got no food left in your pockets. You've gone through it all. Um, but the, your salvation is at hand. Because right up in, in the clear distance, you can see a news agent's. You pull up outside that news agent, you have a grapple through your pockets and you find a shiny pound coin. So you go into that news agent's hoping that they're still taking cash. And uh, you see uh, you have a choice of uh, uh, sweeties that can get you home. So you look across the counter with your one pound in your hand and this, these are your choices. OK. OK. Now. What you've got to do, again, in case people have not heard this before, is to give me, in order, from first to fourth, the highest calorific value of what I'm about to read you. So I know that these things will have protein, these things will have other things. No, we're not interested in any of that. We're interested in calorific value. So first off, a 46-gram Yorkie bar. So standard size Yorkie bar, regular plain milk chocolate Yorkie bar. Yorkie bar. Okay. Yorkie bar. Next. Next, a standard size 48 gram Snickers bar. Mm, Snickers bar. Uh, very nice, very peanutty, just a ticket. Now, also, this is a, it's, it's a little news agent. They haven't got much choice. A Fry's Turkish Delight. Well, mate, uh, I haven't had one of them for years. <laughs> well, this news agent's got them. Uh, 55 grams. Right, okay. Or a 40 gram, so standard size bar, crunchy bar. Now, uh, crunchy bar, of course, you know, you've got the added benefit of that slow release because whenever you eat one, you get most of it stuck in your teeth. Yeah, Uh, never been a fan of crunchy bars, but anyway. anyway. There you go. So there you go. Yorkie bar, standard size, Snickers bar, standard size, a fries, Turkish delight, or a crunchy. Mm, Yes, so I did pretty badly last time. I've got to get it right this time. Okay, so I'm going number one, dirty Snickers bar. The Dirty Snickers Bar. Okay, number one, the Snickers Bar. Right, number two. Number two, the god-awful Crunchy. (laughs) The god-awful Crunchy. Okay, number two, god-awful Crunchy. Yep. Uh, Number three, yeah, let's go for that Yorkie Bar. Number three, the Yorkie Bar. So for the wooden medal, you're giving Turkish Delight. The the 1980s Turkish Delight, yeah. (laughs) Okay, so... Uh, again, I should have had the family fortunes. Oh, you're joking. And I haven't. I mean, I guess, dear Lord. Well, it's it's not bad. I mean, the two at the top were frighteningly close. And, you know, you, you could be upset with this. I'm not entirely certain. But top of the shop, calorifically uh, speaking, is the Yorkie bar. 247 calories really? of, of milky, chocolatey, get stuck to your gums goodness. 247 calories. Second on the bill is the Snickers bar, 245. Yeah. So uh, there's two calories in it, but you know what I mean? They all they all count <laughs> when you're wobbling your way home from the Olympic Park. In third place, Fry's Turkish Delight, mm-hmm. 200 calories. Uh, I mean, I don't know what that jelly stuff is made out of, but I think that's pretty much sugar, right? I'm not sure. <laughs> and finally, bringing up the rear, 186 calories is that crunchy uh, that you were not keen on buying in the first place. So there you go. I've, I've done badly again, haven't I? You've done badly. It's zero for two. But I, I don't worry. Don't worry, because you'll be pleased to hear that the next episode, you will have chance to put that right. Thank you for playing. <laughs> Beat the bonk. 
And as I alluded to a little bit earlier, um, this is a bit of a, a bit of a just writing about special. We've got a guest on because uh, we like to get guests in, who a lot more knowledgeable than uh, than me and Bob, fortunately. And today we've got a young chap called Jack Roberts. Now, Jack, interestingly, um, works in the cycle industry uh, in sales, I think, but he'll he'll confirm that in a moment. But even more interesting, he does duathlons. Now, I wasn't sure what a duathlon was to start with, but um, I, I went on Google and, and found out properly. But Jack was going to tell us a little bit more about that. But um, Jack, hello. How are you? Hello. Yeah, not, not too bad. How are you guys? Brilliant. I'm, I'm <laughs> very good indeed, sir. Marvellous, marvellous. So, Jack, um, as I kind of said at the, uh, just in the intro there, you work in the, in the sort of cycle sales industry. Is that right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. So what we've you know this this damn virus that's been floating around that's completely changed our lives i think one of the very few growth industries which is unfortunate but it is the case is cycling so kind of how has the virus is it has it changed um sort of bike shopping in any way that you've noticed yeah definitely yeah um it just seems everyone's after a bike at the minute there's been reports that it could have been up by about 400 percent in sales wow across the board you know depending on the shop and like we, we've seen a big increase uh, over the over our two stores and the web store as well you know we ran out most of our stock within the first couple of weeks uh once the shop reopened mm-hmm. uh, it was it was sort of by, by appointment based so customers had to ring up and then book an appointment to come into the shop because obviously to limit person-to-person contact and then we we're slowly getting more and more stock in we've got a shipment coming in next week um and then all the 2021 scott range will be out from sort of the middle of august we've heard and that's what we're hanging on for really wow yeah i've i've heard people kind of uh you know yeah sort of like putting money down on bikes and things and then basically kind of you know shop saying well you know we'll we'll try and get something maybe we'll give you a call next month so yeah yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we've been taking names and numbers. We have got a good, we've got a good range of e-bikes in our store at the minute. I think we we've got about thirty on display. But e-bikes, especially over here, are becoming more popular just for commuters. Really, not wanting to take public transport. Well, interestingly, Jack, my next question was, uh, crazy as it sounds, is what sort of bikes have been selling the best? Um, and it's interesting that you say that, mate. You know, e-bikes are starting to really take off. Yeah, d- yeah, definitely. Yeah, they they are getting more and more popular. Sort of your your normal sort of your hybrids. And commuter bikes are quite popular. Um, the mountain bikes were the first things to be sold sold out. The Scott Aspect range and the Jump Trek viruses we have, they were the first ones to go. And then there was the sort of your aluminium road bike, just sort of entry level. Um, and then just, yeah, the commuter bike. Okay, so in, um, so it, so in your shop, you're, uh, you're, you're kind of dealers for, for, for Scott. Um, yeah. And yeah, what, what, what sort of other um, kind of brands and uh, 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 people likely to see in the shop? So we when I started, we had Scott and Merida as our sort of two main brands. Oh, okay. Uh, we've sort of sold through most of the Meridas, and we've sort of changed to uh, Ridgeback, Rally, and Scott as our, as sort of our main. Right, uh, we've, okay. We are, yeah, we have started getting Bergamonts in, and they're sort of a sister company to Scott that Scott own. Right, okay. The, bike, the bikes are very similar, but they're sort of more, uh, you're more European-based, so they come with, like, dynamo lights and mudguards, pannier racks, sort of all fully equipped. Oh, Okay. Yeah, and then we have our sort of your, your entry level brand is our uh, jumper treks. Sort of their, um, I suppose the best way to describe them would be sort of your Carrera sort of. Um, right. Okay. Uh, sort of, sort of okay. versions of them, really. But yeah, no, they're a good brand. They sell 
they sell really fast as well. Yeah, I think, and that's the thing. It's, uh, it's, it, I guess, and it, it's a lot of the sort of entry level bikes which are kind of going a lot more than anything else. I, I guess as people kind of turn, kind of start cycling and start to cycling. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so mo- most people we had come into the shop hadn't cycled for years, um, and they just wanted to get on a bike and get out when yeah. when they still could, like through the virus. Uh, I wonder, Jack, why have e-bikes gone? crazy i mean it's almost it makes no sense to me to um want to get a pedal bike and then have a battery that that does it for you i mean is it i envisage it for you know you know maybe people who uh have not like you say have not ridden bikes for a long time and they're just a bit concerned that they don't have the fitness any anyone anyone sort of um wants uh you know sort of your elderly sort of want to pop to the shops or uh, we've had um sort of middle-aged people come in for like commuter bikes you know sort of your your st- i think this one of the cheapest ones we have in the shop is just over two grand mm-hmm. so you get you get you they use the cycle to work where they get a grand off effectively and obviously pay that back um i've i was a bit skeptical at first with electric bikes yeah. i was all a bit sort of like well you know i'm young enough to cycle i don't want you know that don't, don't really see the point of them yeah. But until you sort of test them and sort of sell and talk to customers so i've used a couple i i live 40k away from the shop right okay and i used one back and forward um one evening and then the next morning you get i think i got to the shop about five or six minutes slower than i would do normally but you feel a lot more you know you you feel a lot you don't feel drained you feel a lot more with it and stuff like that so it's just a different alternative really yeah for sure i mean um that's i was that's kind of i was for for years i was like you know oh boy you know now i'm you know all about you know it's it's the fitness it's what i do it's the you know it's all about kind of you know the strength thing and all the rest of it and then yeah and then i mean that's the thing i mean they're getting better like kind of exponentially the, the kind of the 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 technology i guess is just kind of uh yeah. getting better and better every single year but no i mean oh def- yeah they're still yeah they're still say they're still fairly heavy but they, yeah they are getting they're getting lighter and lighter i think the the lightest one is around sort of 25 odd kilos that's it and and they're getting they seem to be getting better and better looking as well as they sort of uh kind of disappear those kind of batteries and things kind of kind of disappear into the into the sort of bike's design and stuff and i don't know i you know i, I think that if you um well you know why not if you could you know if you can um yes. uh, if it helps you ride you know 10 percent longer 20 percent longer go for it fantastic yeah yeah exactly more yeah um, bums on bikes and more people out there fantastic yeah, precisely. We all the ones we sell have got Bosch, the Bosch motors, and they're some of the best out on the market. You know, if you've got if it's an electric bike, get a Bosch one. Really, that's what I'd recommend. Well, no, there's, okay. there's just riding about tip of the week, mate. Make <laughs> sure you've got a Bosch-powered uh, e-bike because because they're super reliable. That's 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 it. Well, that, that's a great little bit of a, advice if people are looking for a for an e-bike and they've got really no idea. Then um, that's one little little tip to uh, to keep in mind what about jack accessories now this is this I, 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 this is like from personal experience i've got a few friends who now cycle and they are you know covid cyclists i think let's call them they've, they've only just started now so they've gone and got themselves a bike either they've borrowed a bike off someone or bought one new or bought one second hand and mm-hmm. they've, they've asked me oh you know enzo let's go for a ride i've got a bike now so yeah no problem so there's me turning up, literally, mate, looking like I've just come off the Tour de France with all the gear on. And they trundle <laughs> out of their garage on some sort of half wreck of a mountain bike, which they've fished out of somebody's, um, you know, attic. But they've got nothing, yeah. mate. They've got no puncture repair kit. They've got no bottle cage or bottle. 
they're still they're riding mm -hmm. in their normal shorts and shoes and and sort of the standard pedals no lights no uh pump literally mate the bike is, is just i mean <laughs> they haven't even hosed it down Let, let's put it that way so are people buying the bits because i'm not seeing that i'm just seeing people buying a bike and think that's it they're done they can go out little do they know yeah, yeah. half a mile up the road they're pushing it home but uh, you know are people buying the clothing and all the, the, the bits and bobs that really you'd need if you want to get into cycling yeah it all depends on sort of what uh what they've sort of bought really what bike um you have a lot of people sort of coming in with uh your secondhand road bikes wanting sort of the services they've just bought it um and then they go oh can we have a look at the clothing or you know i need a like a mini pump to put on there or a saddlebag bits and pieces really and we're just there to help hope you know advise the best we can and <laughs> But like people do yeah. want to get in it properly. They don't. They don't just want the bike and that's it. They're, they're happy to spend the extra on the pump. Yeah, on definitely. The yeah. On the, you know, the the, the lights and, and that kind of stuff. So, oh, that, that's good to know because, like I say, in my experience, my limited experience over the last few months is that people they think they've got a bike and that's that's all they need. But <laughs> yeah, uh, and then there's me with, you know, sort of rain jacket, windproof jacket. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> long sleeve short sleeve and i think they only yeah. was buying everything but uh but no uh, you know and it has fallen badly for a couple of them because we have had a few that have had punctures um so one chap actually did have to push his bike about three miles home i've i've, I've heard that kind of around this sort of time uh you know kind of even with like with sort of suppliers you know that, that you know they're kind of, you know trying to uh trying to get things like kind of you know like bottle cages it's like you know out of stock and things like you know yeah like um yeah tubes out of stock mini pumps yeah. out of stock you know as yeah as this kind yeah. of thing hits and people equip themselves and you know I, th I think you know if you end up you know if you want to pay like 40 quid for a carbon bottle cage then i think they're still there but you know the, yeah uh, we've got plenty of them yeah. <laughs> your standards you, you know you've got a standard regular bolt it on bottle cages yeah, yeah. kind of all yeah, we, well. yeah the stock's coming in drips and drabs it's just sort of the orders we placed but obviously we have the i think we have the um the added troubles of obviously having to order via the uk at the minute as well yeah obviously it's not uh, and obviously all of our Ridgebacks and rallies, I believe, still come from the UK. So the distribution is a bit slow, but we're getting there. We're starting to look fuller and more like a more like a shop. So do people get irate, Jack? Have you had any of that where people have sort of come in um, on a bike and, or, or, a, or or a bottle cage and they've only got the forty quid ones? Do, do you see people getting a little bit funny about it, or is everyone pretty polite? Yeah, everyone's sort of polite. It's more sort of the when they they drop a bike in for, uh, for a service, um, and you know, as most bike shops over here, we there was obviously a huge increase of people getting their bikes out the shed and wanting to use them. Um, so they just took them to the local bike shop to get them serviced. Um, we we're saying there's a five to seven day wait, yeah, just just because of the sheer backlog. Yeah, where it's not as bad as some shops. Um, some people I know they they've they've had over three hundred and fifty repairs. Yeah. repairs in sort of you know it all depends on the area because there's um certain areas with one bike shop but there's certain areas with others and stuff so but obviously we're, we're it's a small island so, so it's, yeah. not, it's I think, not the toilet roll scenario that we had a few few weeks back where you know people clamoring and fighting each other jumping over each other to get stuff and get <laughs> well yeah i did read i did read somewhere that bikes became the new toilet roll for a while well that's that's the crazy thing isn't it 
the uh, the no, I mean, I, I read a, a few things um, actually on the the BBC website, where it was kind of stories of of people kind of trying to get hold of of bikes, and it was kind of one of these kind of really sort of sad stories that you know, kind of people will sort of they were, they were kind of on like buying bikes online or whatever, and being mm. having the bike, having the bike in the basket. Okay, the bike's in the basket. Great, I need a jersey. Okay, yeah, New Jersey, and I'll get like a bottle and a bottle cage. Lovely. Going to such kind of check out, and in the time it took them to choose the jersey and the bottle cage, the, the they'd run out of the bike. Yeah, exactly. pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Waiting again for like the next ones to kind of come out of stock, and it's kind of reading the story. It was actually, you know, kind of made me feel really quite upset for this person yeah. just tr- just trying to buy a bike, you know. And uh, crazy times, but um, yeah, I think we've done comparably quite well. Uh, compared to other shops because there's two of our there, we've got two shops um and we've got a web store as well so we have a we have stock that floats around all three okay so i okay. feel like we've done quite well unfortunately we've done quite well out of this whole uh this whole yeah. COVID. What about, you know people coming in and wanting to buy a bike for themselves and for their kids as well i mean have we seen an explosion in in sort of youth bikes yeah yeah definitely um uh sort of the 24 24 inch or 26 inch we've got none of at all uh we've got <laughs> probably about i think we've only got a couple of bmx's and sort of uh 14 inch bikes and lower really it just went mad because obviously a lot of people get the cycle to work so they like to buy their kids bikes yeah. on the cycle to work like that's um that's how uh, i think most of our most of our income really uh-huh. I think they come to uh, i think people come to us more for the newer bikes um as well as we do the surface servicing on the side um we tend to do if they get a bike they get a free service within six months as well as purchase but yeah it's just all yeah so yeah kids bikes it is it was like all the kids bikes amount of bikes just went they just vanished straight away <laughs> within like the space of a week and a half so i guess jack the, the kind of six million dollar question for me do you think that people are going to stick it out with their bikes or are we going to see in maybe six months time eBay flooded with secondhand bikes because people have now kind of got back to what they used to do and they don't really want to use the bike anymore. Uh, I'd like to think that they are going to stick out with it because obviously they've invested their sort of time and money into it. And But if things did go back to normal, I, c- I can see sort of you say, yeah, on Facebook Marketplace or eBay or something like that with certain amount of bikes but even um customers have been coming in saying as well as staff they've been saying that they've they've looked on your your gum trees or your adverts as it is over here mm. and they're there's bikes up for sale but they're sort of 200 300 euros more expensive than they should be yeah yeah <laughs> you know um i don't know it's going to be it all depends what what happens with the virus really i'd like to think that people would stick with the hobby it's a fantastic hobby to do you know I, I, I think there is going to be a glut of bikes uh, for sale. I, I, I can see the moment, you know, the gyms open up, uh, you know, you can start doing all your kind of Pilates and your and your Zumbas and all that kind of stuff. I think people are just going to abandon them. What do you reckon, Bob? Oh, Pilates and Zumas. I, 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 I think we've got a, a little window there on what you use the gym for. <laughs> uh, not, not straight to the weight room for, for Enzo. Um, but... I hope that this leads to a little bit more of a, of a, you know, kind of people using, using bikes instead of just kind of jumping in their, in their cars to, to, to do like a, a, a one and a half mile journey down to the bottom of the road or whatever. I, I hope that it leads to more people kind of riding in and it just, you know, and then 
if we get more cyclists and we got more people driving who are also cyclists and then that will lead to more people being more aware of cyclists so you know making everything safer making the the road certainly a, a better place to be but that that kind of brings me on nicely to my little final point which i'm going to ask jack about jack about is, is whether he thinks that this massive glut of bikes that are out there now are as bob suggested do you reckon it will change people's ideas on getting about and transport um, I, well, I hope people, well, there's pop-up cycle lanes over here and I've, there's a bit, I've seen on BBC that there's sort of pop-up cycle lanes in London and stuff. I hope yeah. that does, I hope that does sort of cement them properly, like, cause people should be cycling in for the smaller journeys or through cities and stuff. Cause it's a lot easier, especially how Dublin is cause it's so congested. Yeah. Even though I don't need to, I don't need to cycle into Dublin, but I'll have cycled through it and it is, it is very bad. It, it, it's a no brainer really. If they've started, if these pop-up cycle lanes can work, then yeah, they, they should make these things more permanent. I don't know, mate. We'll, we'll have to wait and see whether this does kind of usher in a new uh, era of, of, of cycling. I'm still like, I say I'm a, I'm a little bit of a pessimist, but I don't know. Let, let's see. Let, let's hope it does it comes to me you know you've you've got to just sort of hope so i i think that um kind of so so much of the it's that kind of thing of you know well what are the you know what what are the roads for are, are, are the roads for people to use to get them from a to b or are roads for cars and that is kind of so much kind of so much of kind of what it's been kind of geared for there's there's um uh, I saw a, a like a, a video on YouTube that was made by um, Chris Boardman um, a, a long time ago, and it was for, for UK cycling. And he he just kind of rides a, a section of road, and I don't know quite know where the road is, but this road has a uh, has a cycle lane in it, and the the cycle lane is kind of kind of uh, narrow, and then it it kind of gets to where there's a where there's a junction. And all of a sudden, the cycle lane comes off the road, across onto the pavement, and then kind of comes to sort of cross the junction on the pavement. So you've got to sort of get somehow get off the road and, you know, kind of bump up the, the this low curb or whatever, which would knock you over if you weren't paying attention. Get to the, the road, then cross the road as if you were a pedestrian, then get back on the, on the pavement again, over the pavement and then kind of drop back down onto the road again. And then as the road kind of gets to like kind of narrows, the cycle track finishes. And the, the kind of the legend that kind of goes across the bottom of the screen says, who is this cycle lane for? Cause it's certainly not for cyclists. It's, it, you know, it, it's almost like it's been made as like a concession to, you know, because they, they had to do it. It's like, it's not been, Mm. thought out at all in the slightest there's nothing there to really kind of alert car drivers that cyclists might might be using that yeah or it's when they they put cycle lanes on the road but they just paint the lines in so the road isn't they didn't widen the road there's a few around here they haven't widened the road at all but they just painted a cycle lane in Now, Jack, not only do you work in the uh, cycling industry, you do something also almost as, if not more interesting than that, and that's you uh, you compete in duathlons. Is that right? Uh, it's correct, yes. Well, I've done a couple. Brilliant. So duathlon is cycling, running, uh, and you drop the swimming from the uh, from the triathlon event. Yeah, they drop the swimming and you just do an extra run leg. So you run, uh, cycle, and then run oh, again. So you've got to run twice. 
Yeah, you got run twice. I, yeah. I don't know if that's, a, if that's a good thing or a bad thing. So what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Sort of cycle the first leg, cycle the second leg, and cycle the third. That would be. I, I can't. I do. I do have one question early on, Jack. With, how how do you run along? How do how is that physically done? Because I I run along and my body just thinks this is horrible. I should stop running immediately. So <laughs> I I don't know how you do it. So um, I'm, immediately I'm taking my hat off to you straight away. Yeah. Um. Well, I was th- this year was going to be uh, quite a big year. Uh. Sort of had a full sort of season as it were planned and the couple of marathons and obviously a couple of duathlons. Uh, obviously, I come from more of a running background. Right. Then okay. uh, I ran. Oh, about five, six years, I think I've been doing it for, uh, off and on. And I sort of got more into it, sort of the September. Uh, uh, yeah, September just gone. Um, sort of, I was just training, we were training for Barcelona Marathon, basically. Right, um, super. And then I got more back on the bike, and I thought, well, I'll give duathlons a go. Um, so mm. I've never found running particularly difficult. I know what you mean, it can I, it can be boring, um, especially because um, uh, my fiance is doing charity event I, I don't know it's, I've, it's a lot on my instagram at the minute um and she's raising money for pieda house over here um, right. and she doesn't like the running at all but she likes the cycling because they they it's a duathlon over six weeks and basically they break it all down and by the sixth week you do a sprint duathlon distance so for week right. one it was you'd you run on a certain day and then you cycle and then you run and then they move it together so you run and cycle on the same day or cycle and run on the same day which is good for her. Um, I think she's enjoying it other than the running. So in terms of the training, um, Jack, for, for a duathlon, can you just, you know, w- would you split the training up as well into cycling or running? Or do you feel that if you just do a load of running, that should that, that should be enough to actually, when you jump on the bike and do the, the cycling bit? Or do you have to make sure that part of your training includes some cycling as well? Yeah, you have to, you sort of, you. it's more with the running, I I think I, I only really do sprint distances. So you sort you're only talking sort of uh, the first leg would be a five k run, and then you'd hop okay. on the bike for anything between fifteen and twenty k, and then the second, then the third leg, sorry, is about three point five, or it's another five k. So it's very That's... interval based training. Yeah, yeah. So it's to get uh, the speed and the power more um, as the endurance is sort of there, and then the bike it would be more endurance because obviously uh, I cycle back and forth to work. Uh, and then I try and go out for a long spin each week. Sort of, it's just more maintaining, really. Obviously, with this COVID, it sort of uh, messed up most of my plans. Um, but there is there is some towards the end of the year. Sorry. No, no, I was just thinking tactically, Jack. So you, you've got your, your 5K, 5K run to start with. I mean, I don't want to give away your trade secrets, but would you would you sort of go all out on the first run, get your recovery in by taking it easy on the ride and then belt it out on the last run? How, how would you, I mean, you wouldn't go flat out or, you know, try and go flat out for all three of the, of the leg. No, no, I'm not. Yeah. I'm, I don't think I'm at that sort of level that I could go flat out. Um, I always go, I, it's always, no matter what, it's always flat out on the last leg. Right. Okay. Is it's just that it was, I think the, the last one I did before all of this was down in Waterford. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that was my first one for a while. Uh, it was the, it was the, uh, it's basically, you've got to think of the, the transitions as well. And I hadn't really yeah. done a lot of transition training. So mine were a bit slow. What, so that's getting, getting onto the bike and getting off the bike. Yeah. So you, you'd come in, they, they, you come off the first leg into a different, uh, into the, um, obviously into the transition zone. You've got to obviously take your bike off the stand. Make sure that, or you've got to put your helmet on first before you touch the bike. Pardon? There's all regulations <laughs> about 
when you put your helmet on and how you jump on the bike. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because you've got to lead your bike out and jump on it. You've got to mount it at a certain point and dismount it at a certain point coming in. So it's all it's all regulated. Yeah, cause I, I think with um, I think kind of seeing a triathlon or something, someone kind of went off without putting a shoe on or something, and they had to sort of like wait in a box or something for two minutes or something. They got some sort of penalty where they yeah before they could move on. Yeah, yeah, precisely. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, uh, I've just got to work on it, so I'm a bit slicker. Do you, do you, ha, think, is really. it the same footwear, Jack, for running and then f- for the cycling, or do you change the shoes as well? I changed the shoes. Um, that's part of, partly what uh, slowed me down, as I hadn't got my there's um you can get sort of elastic laces and stuff so more like a toggle right. uh, yeah, I, okay. yeah i hadn't put them on my shoes so i obviously had to lace them up and obviously i only had uh i think i only brought one down one pair of uh shoes for the bike i forgot the other pair so it was a ratchet i had to do up like the boa ratchets instead of sort of a slip on and a velcro sort of jobby and that uh-huh. slowed you down a bit obviously that uh, slowed me down a bit yeah is, but... is it tougher than i mean have you tried triathlons or is the swimming just not for you uh yeah, I'm not a big fan. I don't like getting my hair wet. <laughs> not a problem for, for some of us, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, no, I never really got into swimming. I would like to because I would like to give a, an Ironman a go at some point. Obviously, that would be a while off. Yeah, I, I am, I'm, te- I'm terrible at running. I mean, you, you, I mean, you know, when back in back in the day, many years ago, we used to play mm. football together, uh, and um, I mean, then I used to. I used to kind of think I was sort of known for having a bit of an engine. I mean, I would, I would run, I would run. What are you laughing? I would, I was, uh, I'd run at the same pace in the last couple of minutes as I did at the, you know, as I was at the first couple of minutes. I'm not going to let, not going to say what pace that was, but um, you know, I was consistent. But I mean, yeah, I, there's possibly one thing I'm worse at than running, and that's swimming. <laughs> So the triathlon's not for don't you. Really don't think, yeah. I don't think I'm cut out for it. There are a couple of reasons, really. I mean, we haven't even said how good I'm on the bike yet. Probably not that great either. So. <laughs> how, did, how did you get into duathlons, Jack? What you know? Because I don't even know anyone who does duathlon. I don't even know anyone who does triathlons for, for, for that. I mean, I know people who run. I know people who cycle. Um, I don't really know anyone that puts them both together in some sort of competition. So how did that come about for you? Oh, I just fancy trying one, really. I think that was all it was. I saw one come up and I went, well, I'm, I'm all right at running. I'm half decent on the bike. Um, and I just sort of went from there and just sort of up the training and bits and pieces like that. Um, it, it was a long day, though, uh, going down to Waterford because it's a two hour journey each way. So if, if somebody wanted to get into duathlons. The one over here is through Triathlon Island. I imagine it would be same sort of over there in the in england um but all you need is you don't even need a road bike you don't even need a tt bike you could you could turn up with a a mountain bike or a hybrid they do sort of your your novice sort of ones as well um there was people in the in the event that i was and they didn't even have they they weren't clipped in or anything they just used the same runners and then went into like the the cages the 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 toe cages that dismounted ran in the same runners again type thing it's sort of all sort of however much you want to do really in the end are you are you um what what's uh what's the bike you're riding is it like a just a road bike or is it a time trial bike uh just just a road bike i've it's the same bike i've had for about five years now actually I, it is due an upgrade there's not much stock though jack so you're gonna struggle to- no <laughs> i've got to wait till october
Right. Well, um, just before we go, just before we uh, we wrap up um, this episode, um, we've got some we've we've had some pretty big cycling news here on the Isle of Wight. Just last Saturday, the something called the Grand Tour started in Ride, which is a, a, a big sixty four day ride around the entire coast of kind of mainland Britain, so um, England. Uh, Scotland, Wales, and then back down. And we kind of go round the Isle of Wight, uh, which comes up to be something in the region of 6,700 kilometres over those 64 days. And there is, I'm not entirely certain of the numbers of riders that are doing it, but um, it's put together by a chap called Hugh Roberts, who is also the, the main man behind the Tour of Britain. But um, so the Grand Tour started here from Ride and we had uh, uh, Pippa York was over for the start of it. Also, um, strangely, Andrew Ridgely from Wham, which I didn't see coming. But uh, he, it turns out, Andrew Ridgely is quite an accomplished cyclist. So he was over uh, for that as well. And that this whole thing is about kind of raising uh, kind of money for charities, raising awareness of cycling. And it kind of, it would normally anyway, kind of uh, without COVID being around, uh, fill in that gap between the women's tour and the Tour of Britain starting. So, but, so that was kind of exciting enough, although it was uh, an absolutely atrocious day on the island. And uh, by the time they kind of got round to my part of the island, the sea fog had come in so thick that you could barely see the end of the garden, let alone anything else. But while this was all kind of starting, it, uh, news kind of, uh, they, they kind of broke the news that in 2022, the Isle of Wight was going to host the final stage of the Tour of Britain, which is for for the for the whole island, uh, for for me even more so, absolutely fantastic. We have been, uh, uh, my wife and I have kind of synchronised our holiday with the Tour of Britain for the last three years and gone around in our in our van and uh, kind of collided with the tour uh, at least kind of two or three times for uh, each day for maybe kind of two or, or three stages on uh, kind of each year. And it's it's great for it to kind of come down to the island and to kind of ride around the island. I mean, ends. You've ridden down here with me. You know it's a great place to ride. How how good yeah, is this going to be? Um, you know, it, it's such a good thing to have that kind of event literally on your doorstep, mate. I think it's going to be brilliant. Oh, mate, I'm I'm I have to admit I'm a bit jealous. It's going to be great. What can I say? I can't wait. I'm still in like a sort of a period of of little, you know, kind of a little. I'm on a little cloud <laughs> about this. With that brilliant news about the Isle of Wight getting the final stage of the Tour of Britain, I think that just about ends today's podcast. So I'm going to thank Jack especially because he's come on and given us a great insight into uh, sort of the sales of bikes and his, you know, duathlon, which is which is quite interesting. Um, so thank you very much, Jack. No, thank you very much for having me on. And Bob, thank you very much as well. We'll, uh, we'll do this again. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. I wouldn't want to walk on the backside on a bridge back though.